One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Are you prepared to to specifically do it? Now, make sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question because because the question is, the question is, the question is, who is your person? And here comes the train that he tried to make sure didn't continue to run. No, that's the commuter. All right. No, that's what. But folks, look. Look. Who doesn't like a train? (laughs) Holy hell. Man, there's a lot going on in the world today. Okay. So, if you heard me on Jerry Callahan today, you know how I felt about the debates. Um, It was... Wild. I, I, I obviously watched the things last night uh, live. Um, Alice listened to them live. And uh, I will say this, that it was for the wildest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I can't believe how much, um, just how off the rails it was immediately. Um, but that I think there's things that both people, if you're a fan of either candidate, you can be happy for. I thought Trump generally... Did a good job. He was a total jerk and an ass. No doubt about that. And he was stepping all over Biden, stepping all over Chris Wallace. And that's his thing. I My feeling is that going in, he knew, and he looked back at other Biden performances, especially with Paul Ryan in 2012, and he said, okay, I'm going into this lair here where Chris Wallace is going to snipe at me. Joe Biden's going to do his best to put me down. He, you know, he, there's been a about fifty Don Drapers, you know, you know, brought together in huge marketing uh, conference tables to find a way, um, to find a way to sink me here with one-liners. So I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna brawl like a 
crazy man. And that's what he did. And you know, if you've ever any, I've got friends who are who are tough, and some who are tough talkers, and some who are actual just brawlers. And what I found is that the the brawlers is, and this was in my twenties. It matters. I was I was a coward, so I was not one of these people. I was a hider. Um, it, what I found is that the kids who grew up in the tough neighborhoods where you really had to know how to fight, where you had to be tough. They went all out when they when if there was a problem somewhere in a bar or whatever, it, it was it, or somebody walked into them and in I'm speaking I'm thinking of one guy in particular, but I don't want to give his name. But so it insulted him or called him something. Then it was the guy calling him something in him reacting with a flurry of punches, and that was it. There was no escalation. There's no uh, you know half steps up to the brawl. There was. There are those kind of people who just go all in because he felt that you've got to win, defeat your opponent in that moment. I thought that's what Trump did. He was loud. He was stepping on Biden. He was, and that's an off. That's off putting to a lot of people. It, totally. Now I've seen Biden do it myself, so I, you know, all's fair. This is politics. Biden was happy to do that to Paul Ryan in 2012, and I've got some of that audio. But I did think that Trump was uh, certainly inelegant. He was, he was not able to enunciate and communicate on a lot of topics where he could have hit home runs, where you or I could have hit a home run. Of course, we weren't in the white hot spotlight, but you know he misses a lot of opportunities to absolutely dunk. He misses opportunities to turn moments into presidential moments, but he also found a lot of opportunities. He fired so many rounds at Biden that, you know, it chipped away. I do think that Biden was flustered by, by the second half of the, the debate. I thought that Biden was rattled and just tired. Who wouldn't be tired after being attacked like that again and again and again and again? Um, so, I mean, if you're if you're a Republican and you remember the beating that Mitt Romney took when Candy Crowley hurt his feelings, uh, this is the answer that you were looking for. <laughs> Trump, right. Right. I mean, the Candy Crowley thing, we talked about this on the podcast, uh, you know, a few days ago. And and that's that's what you saw is Trump saw has seen the video of how debate moderators treat Republicans. He's seen the video of how Biden treated Paul Ryan in 2012, you know, walking all over him. Say what you like about Trump. He is not a guy who's going to let himself get walked over. It's not his thing. And, you know, we all we all know who Trump is at this point. We knew who he was before the debate. Uh, There was no, you know, nobody was whispering to him that he had to go gently like he like they were in 2016 because it looked bad to attack a woman if he yelled too hard at Hillary Clinton. You know, this is all in. And Biden's been playing on this image, too, that he's scrappy. He's from Scranton. You know, he went at it with corn pop so you know like this is the the fight that's been building that's the fight that trump prepared for and that's obviously he came in ready to go no how you strongly you feel court? let vote now you pack make court? sure you in fact let people know he doesn't want you're to a senator i'm not going to answer the question Why because, would you that because question? the you question is the question is the radical question, left will you who shut is up your, man who <laughs> that was a good one yeah, there were times when they were both 
lost their minds for a moment, and they were both good. And that was a good shut up by Biden, too. But um, so that's the temperature was really the temperature was always high. Um, that was Trump going after uh, Biden. That was probably the biggest hit maybe on Biden for the night was packing the court. Biden never really had the answer. Uh, Chris Wallace didn't hold him to it. The biggest hit on Trump, which has devastated the landscape from sea to shining sea, is uh, this. You have repeatedly we- criticized the, the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing That's extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence. No, he already said, sure. Right. Well, said, are you willing? And he said, sure. No, refusing to do something is when they asked Biden about court packing. And he said, I refuse to answer that question. When they say, do you, will you condemn white supremacists? And Trump says, sure. That's not refusing to do anything. Right. I'm going to start this from the beginning again so you can hear the sure. You have repeatedly criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to specifically do, that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacists and who would right you like supremacists. me to condemn? Proud boys. boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left. So I don't know why on every occasion <laughs> Trump has to talk about white supremacists. He's obviously not interested in white supremacists. There aren't white supremacists in droves in the mainstream or on the streets. This is bull. White supremacists, remember, just go back to four years ago before the Trump insanity started. White supremacists are losers with buzz cuts in the hills of uh, Montana. They have little camps up there and they uh, publish a magazine and you know, they, they talk about how great their bloodline is. These are losers. Okay, you know, the, the idea that they're out on the streets and forced anywhere or have any representation anywhere or somebody like Donald Trump, a New Yorker, would give a damn about these losers is crazy. But everywhere he goes, he has to denounce them because by default, if you're Trump, if you're any Republican, you're racist by default and you ha- it's on you to explain it away. Just like in Charlotte. Remember, he had to do it. Was Charlottesville or Charlotte? Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Remember? You know, it doesn't matter how many times you do it anyway. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. No, it doesn't matter. It's not condemning them, because he didn't condemn them totally. He said they should be. but I don't know if this, if this resonates at all. Of course, everybody, Van Jones, was upset, and people were, oh, my God. And that's the news takeaway. The problem is this. For the left, essentially, their protector... Their great white knight, Joe Biden, who was sent in to vanquish the dark lord Donald Trump, got the hell beat out of him last night. And uh, just as far as physicality in a debate, much like Paul Ryan got beat up by Joe Biden a few years ago, and the left is upset. So Trump, the words white supremacists were put out there by Chris Wallace, 
and that's what they're clinging to as the only thing that happened last night. There's nothing to it. It's idiotic. There's more to glean from the debate. And by the way, there's for Biden people, he went out there. You know, I was on with Jerry today, and Callahan was was devastated because Biden went out there and was cogent for an hour and a half, and he was for for considering what he could, considering what he's been today, and we'll have that audio in a bit. He well, was absolutely cogent. Trump didn't give him a chance to talk. He only had to come up with about 30 words the whole debate to string together because Trump talked over him the whole time, right. which I think was a mistake by Trump. I mean, I, I even think the fact that he looks like a bully is less of a big deal than the fact that, um, you know, Biden wasn't pressed on any of these issues because Trump kept talking, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Biden's the type of guy that if you let him talk, he'll screw it up, just like Trump is, by the way. Yes. But, um, but Trump should have given him more time to speak because, uh, you know, I think the American people haven't heard enough of what Biden sounds like when he gets going. Yeah. And I'll, I also think that Trump watches Fox News. He listens to talk radio and he's been hearing for the past six weeks just how badly incumbent presidents do in the first debate. Obama did badly. Reagan did badly. And Trump probably looked at it and said, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be one of those. So he went out just f- wailing away. Party wants to go socialist medicine party is and me. socialist right now, I am, And the they're going to dominate party. you, Joe. You know that. I am the Democratic Party right now. The platform of the not Democratic Party Harris. is what I, in fact, approved of. What I approved of. Now, here's the deal. The deal is that it's going to wipe out pre-existing Here's tradition. And by the, the way, here's the deal. Yeah, not sure about that. I did think that Trump was weak on the health care. Trump took his beating when it came to COVID. And he should. You know, if the buck stops here or whatever. I mean, he should take a bit of a beating on that. You know? Yeah, was- although CNN fact-checked uh, Trump saying that Biden said he was xenophobic today mm-hmm. and cnn says that that it's lacking context that biden called the the travel order uh, xenophobic because what they said is that it's not clear that biden knew about the travel order when he called trump xenophobic on the same day as trump issued the travel order but that's also not true because biden in his tweet that day calling trump xenophobic retweeted Trump talking about the travel order. So it's very clear that he knew about the mm-hmm. travel order and he called him xenophobic and his handling of the issues xenophobic the same day. So, you know, did Trump take his beating on his handling of COVID? Yes, absolutely. But there was also, I mean, it's very clear that the things that Trump did do wouldn't have been done by Biden as early as Trump did them. Right. And <clears throat> It's great to know that context is back. Context came flooding back in. Something context matters. Daniel Dale straightens us out. Joe Biden is his own man. Okay. His campaign is run by Democrats, many of them conventional Democrats for many decades. And there, there are no shadowy figures. So there you go. There are no shadowy figures. Trump is absolutely a white supremacist. But here's uh, Trump on health care. Mr. President, the Supreme Court will hear a case a week after the election in which the Trump administration, along with 18 state attorneys general, are seeking to overturn That's right. Obamacare, to end Obamacare. You have spent the last... Because they want to give I, good health care. If, if I may ask my question, sir. Good health care. Over uh, the last four years, you have promised to repeal and replace Obamacare, but you have never in these four years come up with a plan, a comprehensive plan yes, to I replace have. Obamacare. Of course I have. 
Well, I'll I got rid of the individual mandate. Excuse me. I got rid of the individual mandate, which was a big chunk of Obama. That is absolutely a big thing. That was the worst part of Obamacare. Chris, You're that was the worst him, part me. of Obama. Let me ask my question. Well, I'll, I'll ask Joe. I, 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 the individual no, I, mandate <laughs> was the most unpopular Vice, aspect of Obamacare. I got rid of it. I'd like and you we to, will protect Mr. people President, with I'm the moderator of this debate, and I would like you to let me ask my question, and then you can answer Go your ahead. question. You, in the course of these four years, have never come up with a comprehensive plan to replace Obamacare. And just this last Thursday, you signed a largely symbolic executive order to protect people with pre-existing conditions five days before this debate. So my question, sir, is what is the Trump health care plan? Well, first of all, I guess I'm debating you, not him, but that's okay. I'm not surprised. Let me just tell you something, that (laughs) there's nothing symbolic. I'm cutting drug prices. I'm going with favored nations, which no president has the courage to do because you're going against big pharma. Here's a time when it would have been good had Trump had some depth of knowledge or at least some good talking points to have. Fine. You know, um, prescription drug prices, that is important. And the mandate is important. But it's not a replacement for Obamacare. And if you don't have one for Obamacare, find a way to say that you do. You know, but he didn't. Right. I mean, he had more detail, I feel like, in 2016 when he was talking about buying health care across state lines and things. Um I mean, this is a totally fair hit on Trump, and mm-hmm. he got mad at Chris Wallace for doing it, and conservatives are very mad at Chris Wallace today. Actually, the liberals are very mad at Chris Wallace, too, but um, the the hit is fair. Trump doesn't have a health care plan, and you know, if Obamacare vanishes overnight, there are people who get health care through the exchanges who are going to be left scrambling looking for something else i mean not overnight really that's an exaggeration but but if like the exchanges and stuff get phased out there will have to be some kind of replacement system for that um or you will leave people high and dry a little bit i mean this is a fair thing trump could have been working on this plan Mm -hmm. and i think it's pretty transparent that he came out with an executive order this week and by the way you know democrats in congress are happy to let it fall and to have you feel the pain for a little bit while it's happening before they sign an appropriations bill or, or some kind of stopgap measure, which oh, yeah. I think would happen quickly. And Republicans could have done this when they had majorities, and mm-hmm. they didn't either because they're wimps, and they were all about repealing Obamacare mm-hmm. the whole time when Obama was in the White House. And, oh, yes. That was and just... nothing was going to happen. They repealed it 75 million hundred times. But, you know, once somebody could actually sign the bill they they wimped out so that's on them too i mean trump doesn't write the laws but but he certainly could do a little more he could propose legislation to them right and now if um if you thought that um that trump wouldn't go there as far as hunter biden goes you were wrong china ate your lunch joe and no wonder your son goes in and he takes out what he takes out billions of dollars takes out billions of dollars to manage. He makes millions of dollars. And also, while we're at it, why is it, just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he do to deserve it? What did he do with Barista to deserve $183,000? Now, that said, Joe Biden saying that is not true is not a good answer. Not a good answer. And to not the the packing the court thing where Biden said, you just use it against me. That is a terrible answer as well. Right. And there was not enough pressure on Biden to answer that, partially because Trump kept talking 
So mm-hmm. that fills the airspace and makes it less obvious that Biden has no answers for this Hunter Biden stuff, which is a, a very fair critique. You know, when somebody says, why did the mayor of Moscow pay your son three and a half million dollars? And your answer is, that's not true. Um, he did nothing wrong. Then, you know, th- there's obviously some missing information. Like we know from the actual fact from the congressional report that he was paid this money. Why? Why? Right. I have yet to see anybody offer a compelling reason why Hunter Biden's uh, consulting services were that valuable. <laughs> so, so, um, and we'll get to the media reaction in a, in a bit, but I did want to bring you back to 2012. This is Joe Biden. This is Joe Biden debating Paul Ryan. Now in this cut, Paul Ryan is answering a question. This is Paul Ryan's turn to answer a question. So this should just be Paul Ryan's voice, but you'll notice that it's not. He is wrong about that. There, you, can, that? you can cut tax rates by 20% and still preserve these important preferences for middle-class taxpayers. Not mathematically it, possible. It, it is mathematically possible. It's been done before. It's precisely <laughs> what we're proposing. It has never been done before. It's been done a couple of times. Actually. It has never Jack been Jack Kennedy done lowered tax rates, increased growth. Ronald oh, Reagan. Oh, now you're Jack Kennedy. Ronald Reagan. You hear this, Oaf? That sound familiar from last night? That's mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Joe Biden is happy to walk all over you and pound, hit you over the head, you know, when he's got the chops to do it. Now he doesn't, so he's not doing it. <laughs> Republicans and Democrats. Republicans and Democrats have worked together on this. You know, I understand right. you guys aren't used but to doing bipartisan deals. But we told each other deals. what we're going to do. When we did it with Republicans Reagan, Democrats, we said, here, here are the we things said, we're going to cut. Here's the framework. Let's work together said. to fill in the details. That's exactly the details. That's how you get things done. You work with There's, Congress. Look, let me say it this way. Mitt that's Romney coming was from governor. the Republican Congress working Mitt, bipartisanly. Mitt Romney. 7% rating. Mitt Romney was governor of Massachusetts, where 87% of the legislators he served with were Democrats. He didn't demonize them. He didn't demagogue them. He met with those party leaders every week. He reached across the aisle. He didn't compromise principles. And he found common ground. And he balanced the budget. If he, if he, he did such a great job, if he did such a great job in Massachusetts, four times without raising taxes. why isn't he even contesting Massachusetts? So that was uh, Paul Ryan's answer to a question with that guy jumping all over him. So if you wonder why Donald Trump was the way he was last night, that is why, because that politics that Joe Biden was was executing a few years ago was lauded as a wonderful win by Joe Biden. All the Democrats said, I've been listening to him over the last couple of days, like, a masterful performance by Biden in 2012 versus Paul Ryan. It was just masterful. Well, it was rude, it was boorish, and it was jerkish, and you saw it. I mean, you just heard it. So uh, don't tell me that Donald Trump invented this stuff. He simply took all the tools, the low cynical political tools, often used and relished by Democrats in their media, and he used, uses them against them. So don't have the vapors and 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 feel you know uh, ill at ease about uh, about the, where our country is these days. This has been happening. You know, it's time to open your eyes. Um, on uh, Savannah Savannah Guthrie, is she on CBS? CBS this morning. She actually talked to Rich Lowry about uh, Trump's performance last night. I thought he had a good take. Look, if you are a Donald Trump supporter, this was a, a great night for you. You love this guy. But what about those undecided voters? What about suburban women? What about people who are on the fence? Do you feel that aggressive uh, performance was a good look for Donald Trump? Well, I think the whole night was dispiriting. I. I wouldn't be surprised if there's not another presidential debate in this cycle. And at the very least, I think the Presidential Debate Commission has to consider 
cutting off the mics of the people who aren't supposed of the person who's not supposed to be speaking and whose time it isn't. But look, um, this was Trump's strategy. And even if it wasn't a strategy, this is his nature. This is the way he is. And I think, you know, he flustered Biden at times. The, the shut up man wasn't great at the beginning from, from Joe Biden. Biden was evasive on some key questions. But really importantly, he didn't buckle. You know, he stood there for 90 minutes and took it and gave as good as he got. <laughs> Close anyway. Uh, I don't know if he gave quite as yeah. good as he got, but he did. It is an accurate statement to say that he defied all expectations from his own team and, and the opposite team. And he stood up for 90 minutes. That's that is an accurate characterization right. of Biden's debate. But I also think and you're not going to hear people say this because we're supposed to be fixated on white supremacy today. But I also think. That it was noticeable, especially if you were watching, that he no longer has a fastball. That he's um, that he's slower. That he has he fizzles out a lot during answers. Uh, he doesn't have the tools that he used to have. In Savannah Guthrie, Claire McCaskill is in this, the former uh, Democratic um, politician. Um, but uh, so Savannah Guthrie noticed. There's no question, Claire, that uh, the president, you know, interrupted a lot, sort of set the tone of the debate early on. But let's be honest. Do you consider this to be a tour de force performance by Joe Biden? I mean, but for the president's antics, we might be talking about a different story. Joe Biden wasn't exactly the strongest, clearest version of himself we've ever seen. Well, I think in light of what he had to put up with, he was calm and cogent. He talked about uniting the country. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're right, but he's not cogent today. Does he see you where you are and where you want to be? Does he care as he tried to walk in your shoes <clears throat> to understand what's going on in your life? Or does he just ignore you and all the folks all over America? We're in a similar situation. I think it's more than ignoring us. I look at things from Scranton perspective. He looks at from Park Avenue. I think he basically looks down on us. He judges us. The fact is that I think that uh, when he called our military, and I see we got some veterans here too. Thank you for your service, man. But when he called our veterans who lost their lives and served suckers and losers, I uh, I thought it was one of the most despicable things that I've ever heard a president say, because you are soldiers or a veteran. You served your country like you did, like you did, Connor, like my son did. And, you know, uh, he doesn't he what he does. He uh, he lies to you. He's not OK. This guy is certainly at least exhausted and he is straining. That's probably later than he stayed up in a while, too, last Oh, night. no, I, um, I certainly think so. And I'm not saying it to, to be funny. I'm just saying it. I mean, it. it I it, mean, we were all treated to rampant speculation about John McCain's health, if you recall, in 2008 and how Sarah Palin would be a heartbeat away from the presidency. And I find it interesting that given Biden's age and obvious slowdown, that Kamala is not receiving the same scrutiny that Sarah Palin did, because I, <laughs> I don't think that Kamala can withstand that level of scrutiny. But I mean, where's Daniel Dale on this? Because frankly, that speech that you just played at Biden's is so full of completely unverified things that 
it it's really shocking that the left just makes stuff up and they're allowed to just run with it. You know, Biden sits here and says that, you know, when Trump called the troops suckers and losers, it's one of the most despicable things I've ever heard the president say. Uh, did Biden, by the way, hear President Trump say that about the troops? Uh, no. No, because nobody publicly well, actually, has actually, you're right. Heard. He didn't. You're right. Nobody's heard Trump say that uh, call the troops suckers and losers because it's not something that he's ever been recorded saying. Yeah, it's something that it with a few a... anonymous sources rumor mongered and said that he said and has been denied by a bunch of other people. So it's not, I mean, you can say like he's rumored to have said this thing. And if he said that, that's really terrible. But to say like when he said that, I couldn't believe I was hearing the president say such yeah. a thing. That's, now we're in fantasy land. And it's the same thing with this white supremacy thing, by the way. Like, I just really, I had to go back after the debate when everybody started saying this and say, what are they, what are they talking Because the white supremacist exchange in the debate seemed so innocuous to me that it just, like, actually totally went by me. Mm -hmm. You know, they said, do you condemn white supremacy? Trump said, sure, sure I will. I'll say what you want to say. And he kind of mangled what they were telling him to say, but he was essentially saying roughly the words they were trying to right. get him well, to he, say. He mangled... It wasn't a secret coded message right. to any well, white supremacist groups. By the way, also about that, the Proud Boys have uh, won some lawsuits from people calling them white supremacists because they contest it. I don't know what they are. I'm not. I'm not in that world. I don't follow that. Nobody knew what they are until t today, unfortunately. So yeah, somehow I mean, Biden knew about them. But here's Biden um, today getting distracted by the train. And here comes the train that he tried to make sure didn't continue to run. <laughs> no, that's the commuter. All right. No, that's what. But folks, look. Yeah, don't call a lid on this today or anything. Um, let's see. We'll go to that CNN. Uh, no, no. We'll go to Tapper. Uh, Alice, you got this cut for me, actually. Let me find this. Uh, Jake Tapper is very upset. Because we're all getting text messages from friends all over the country. Uh, a friend of mine uh, in Kansas City uh, watching her first debate with her sixth grade daughter. Daughter bursts into tears, has to run to bed because she was... <laughs> so appalled mm -hmm. uh the sixth grade girl oh, at what she saw from the president of the united states we all want to get a dive in. um you know uh, another got... another person on that cnm panel i don't know who it was but it was i was listening to the after debate analysis and somebody said that they had a friend saying their teenage son was wondering if he should get a gun because people were going to try and kill him after the debate like <laughs> And and at the beginning of the Van Jones thing, do you have the Van Jones cut handy? The Van Jones's first comment is that he's had messages from circus uh, performers who are very offended by comparisons to the circus. So so uh, so this is Van Jones's immediate takeaway: is that circus workers from across America are reaching out to him, terribly offended by everyone calling the debate a circus because <laughs> they're they're very. Uh, you know, responsible professionals. And so everyone was reaching out to the CNN panel to tell them how horrified they were. And the CNN panel was obviously horrified. And nobody's ever seen such a thing. And and people across the world are horrified by this debate. Yes, Tom, here's I don't a know nice, here's Tapper from last night. I got, I got a bunch of Tapper from last night. And wouldn't it, what occurred to me is the thought that the president does not think he's going to win this election and he wants to bring the rest of us down with him. 
Anderson. Jake, thank you very much. Um, I, 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 David Axrod, I mean, I don't think we've ever seen a president. United- I do love how the left and the media now, they so have lost the ability to show the extent of their outrage that they just acted out with loudly being at a loss for words. Like I've won- I went to Columbia Journalism and I got a master's in this and I've been in this business, but even I can't enunciate can't possibly conjure up the words to describe this horrific, abhorrent moment. United States, completely lacking in shame. I mean, just shameless and obesely immoral. I mean, th- there's not a moral fiber in this man. Um, I don't know what came out of this debate. I don't know what side. Should he be covering politics anymore? Obesely <laughs> immoral. I don't even know what obesely immoral is. I think I'm, I'm that sometimes. <laughs> But, um, I mean, it is remarkable, remarkable. And they're so upset. CNN is so angry. The president behaved on the debate stage is the way that the president has behaved in American politics. Yes, he's dominant, and if you like that, great. But he was rude. He didn't abide by any standards of decorum or decency. Remember that Biden-Ryan cut, okay? Mm-hmm. The rude and decorum did not matter in 2012. He did it was not really, abide frankly, rules. embarrassing. And just to clarify something, when I said it was almost entirely Trump, I wasn't talking about Joe Biden as the part that I was unsure about. I was talking about the moderator, the moderator who did not have control of the debate stage yeah. for much of the evening, who didn't remind the president that he was violating the rules till one hour and 13 minutes into the debate. I, I, look, the whole thing was disgraceful. The whole thing was disgraceful. And when you talk about um, the fact that, you know, that the president took it to a new level. These people get paid a lot of money, millions of dollars to have a fun job. And they're really upset that the politics didn't go their way that last night. The whole thing was disgraceful. The whole thing was disgraceful. It's a presidential debate. It's always disgraceful. You know, it's 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 always a panderthon. You know, Joe Biden's a huge panderer. He told a bunch of people two weeks ago, black people, that he marched in the civil rights era. They had no, that wasn't disgraceful. That was fine. You know, just using it when it's convenient pandering it's like these people are disgraceful all the time you now you're upset Low. there was one part in particular it's hard to pick out because there were a lot of lows that was really unbelievable which is when joe biden was talking about his son who died who he was incredibly close to but talking about him in the context of being a war hero uh and somebody who was in the military and what did the president do he shot at him about his son who was living as a drug addict. And that was a moment I'm told that Joe Biden didn't prepare for. He was trying to pivot away from the talk about his. his- I'm sure he was trying to pivot away from the talk about his drug addict son. I mean, this is such a, an example of they had their hopes and dreams dashed last night. And Biden got beat up last night. It's fine. I don't know if it moves the needle at all for Trump. As a matter of fact, I think that a lot of people in the middle of the country see Trump as a jerk. Yeah, I mean, I think in the CNN um, poll of the people that they had, um, their little like focus group of undecided voters, quote unquote, and of course they weigh oversampled Democrats. It's kind of, I was looking at the numbers and that it's kind of ridiculous, but I think it was like 57%. It was close to 60% of the people said that the debate didn't impact who they were going to vote for at all. 
you know. And yep. then out of the other 40%, I think it was like 30 said it made them more likely to go for Biden and 10 more likely to go for Trump. But like 60% of the people said this didn't impact their view. And that's because we know who Trump is. It's baked in. Nothing really changed. Everyone kind of was who we thought that they were. <clears throat> I mean, Trump clearly was prepared. He clearly had seen the videos of Biden debating Ryan and and he wasn't going to let that happen to him. And, you know, he got some good hits in on Biden. Um, he had some screw ups, too, but it was obviously not the debate that CNN had wanted to see. Right. And another thing I completely agree. That's not what they wanted to see. That's not. And this is the left's fault. It's always this. We need a fairy tale resolution. A fairy tale resolution, and Hillary's gonna have the gonna have her her inauguration or her victory in the Javits Center, which has a glass ceiling, by the way. And there's gonna be fireworks outside, and it's gonna be in your face. And she's gonna wear white. This is really important. It's like these are just these are cynical politicians. Don't make them into fairy tales and heroes. These are operators. These are opportunists. These are dirt balls. Suddenly, <laughs> oh, but one thing I wanted I noticed last night is that that Trump, and this is a guy. This is the kind of thing you learn from just street fighting. This is not taught in college. But listen to how closely Trump tracks what Biden is saying in full t- in 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 real time, and you know it, it processes it and transmits right back at him. No. Manufacturing went in a hole. Excuse number me, one. Chris. Wait. Number two. Chris. Number three. They said they, it would they, take. They, no, you were number two. No. <laughs> you hear that? Let me do that again. He's speaking, but listening at the same time, and he gets this minor hit on Biden for skipping <laughs> number two. No hole. Manufacturing went in a hole. Excuse number me, one. Chris. Wait. Number two. Chris. Number three. They said <laughs> it would take. No, you were number two. No. <laughs> no. I did not crazy. catch that last night. That is funny. It's crazy. It's great. Like, he just catches all these th- these things. Oh, man. So, uh, well, okay. So, we got more stuff that you sent along, Alice, I think. Or do I have more stuff that I sent along? Uh, Tapper, sixth grade daughter. I've already got that. Got the Biden with the train. I think there's one more CNN cut. Yeah, oh. so I I sent you Van Jones, but I also sent you um, later in the evening. Don Lemon is interviewing this like diplomat guy, this British uh, diplomatic correspondent. I guess is there what they're calling him. Um, they're like British person about you know like how this looked to the world because this was like a big line after the debate. Like, oh, Wolf a, said something we're too. We're a laughing stock. The world is seeing democracy fall apart. Okay, first of all, democracy is messy. Like b- democracy has a lot of people yelling at each other. Historically, it's you know like as long as things don't get bloody, that's when that's when democracy is starting to fall apart. But people, you know, saying outrageous things to each other is you know a time honored tradition, and it's really it's American and his apple pie people trashing each other um you know that's what that's you know more what the first amendment was about than about you know like non-biased journalist firefighter this was always like a a mess of of people being cynical politicians but anyway so people are very very concerned about american democracy right now around the world apparently because of this shocking debate and he interviews this british guy about how like people in in england are so scandalized by this debate like which first of all was on at 2 in the morning there so i don't know like all the british people waking up at 7 a.m. that they've like formed really coherent opinions on it yet but uh 
has anyone ever seen a video of how arguments go in parliament? Because that gets feisty in there. They're yelling at each other. There's people like doing performance art, lying down. You know, people are going crazy in, in parliament. They're, they make the Trump-Biden debate look tame. And that just goes to show you this is all a framing issue. This is all just the media telling you that this is shocking and the end of democracy and terrible. I, I mean, in the context, you played those Biden-Ryan debate clips from earlier. This is this is not that far off from that, first of all. And it's a lot tamer than a lot of politics that happens around the world. It's a lot tamer than a lot of politics that has happened in our history. And for them to act like this is some historically unprecedented, shocking thing, that Trump was kind of mean to Biden right. in the debate. It's so bizarre. It's so and, and bizarre. And that's also irresponsible and cruel because you're the one scaring the six-year-old daughters. You're right. scaring them by framing this thing completely inaccurately. People are watching this debate around the world here on CNN in more than 200 countries and territories. Clearly, this debate was an embarrassment for the United States of America. Jesus, Wolf, take it easy, man. <laughs> Oh, let's well, get to right. Van Jones. Hold on one second. Let's get to my buddy Van. Right, this is uh, like oh, all the... We think it matters. Oh! oh, that's an ad. Yeah, okay. you might have to clean that one. I'm sorry. Um, but like the like the six-year-old daughters and the 16-year-old daughters or whoever, all the people reaching out to CNN personalities immediately after the debate with their children's um, unscripted reactions to how terrible Trump was. Uh, Van Jones also apparently uh, circus performers, you know, immediately reached out to him when people started saying the debate was a circus that was buy it uh, i want to say a couple of things first of all um uh, jake said that this was a circus uh circus workers actually reached out to my team they say actually oh, no. we take offense <laughs> uh we are we are careful and respectful people uh and we work very kidding. carefully together. kidding no I'm, yeah, the circus workers actually reached out to van jones's team yeah, by the way they did. Jesus. they did real life circus workers oh my God. Is, i was cracking up at work line three it's the circus workers <laughs> the circus workers have reached out i need daniel hey. dale for a fact check oh. on the circus workers i do yeah, it's like the circus workers are taking offense that this was this is worse than a circus uh number one number two Hey, it's pretty bad for us, but we want you to know this is even worse in our day to day, which is terrible. But this <laughs> we circus workers are respectful people. We would oh never. My God. Oh my God! Only three things happened for me tonight. Number one, Donald Trump refused to condemn white supremacy. Number two, the president of the United States refused to condemn. White supremacy. I wonder what number three is going to be. <laughs> I bet it's something different. Number three, the commander in chief refused to condemn white supremacy on the global stage in front of my children, in front of everybody's oh, families. And he was given the opportunity multiple times to condemn white supremacy. And he gave a wink and a nod to a racist, Nazi, murderous organization that is now celebrating online, that is now saying, we have a go-ahead. Look at what they're saying. Look at what the Proud Boys are doing right now online because the President of the United States... All this would be unbelievable to say four years ago. You could never say this because it's so wacky. 
to think that mobilized groups of Nazis are now <laughs> murderers are now mobilizing out and about there and moving forward because the president gave them a wink and a nod. Well, how many somebody... more times can he do this? But 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 also, in it, to start this with showing his phone and saying that the circus workers contacted him. <laughs> Who the frig are the circus workers? Who's the guild of like clowns? <laughs> Who you know? I mean, this is this is wild stuff, and it's this hysterical stuff by him that's creating this environment. And don't think that it's just Trump. Trump's a guy. Remember, they had Robert Byrd as a senior senator statesman. Robert Byrd took to the well of the Senate and condemned Michael Vick for dog fights. Yelled at him and and defended dogs. I'm um, defended the dogs. I'm not for the dog fighting anyway, but but I mean, don't tell me that that they're at all concerned, at all concerned, you know, with uh, the, this problem, the race in this country, or that there's any truth whatsoever to this crap. Donald Trump does not have the intellectual curiosity to be a Nazi or a white supremacist. He doesn't care about that stuff. If you don't know by now, he likes the Trump brand. He likes money. He likes businesses. He likes praise. He likes tea cheeseburgers. He likes Diet Coke. It's that complicated. He's he doesn't have a rich ideology of uh, you know studying the genetic superior superiority. He thinks that he's the best human on earth, and we're all a distant second. Okay, cut this I crap mean, out with this. Well, white someone group. someone is encouraging. Uh, white supremacist groups to think that they're very influential and powerful in Trump's America. Someone is telling them that Trump is signaling to them. Someone is telling them that they're very important and that they're, you know, seeing a huge resurgence and Amer and everyone in America thinks that they're great. And it is not Donald Trump. It's Van Jones and the rest of the media. They're the ones who are sitting here saying that Donald Trump gave a shout out to the Proud Boys. Donald Trump did not give a shout out to the Proud Boys. He was trying to say the words stand down and he's just an idiot. So he couldn't come up with down and instead he said stand back, stand by. He was searching for the words that he was trying to say the words that Chris Wallace and Biden were simultaneously yelling over each other at him to say. Where's that? Where's Where's them bullying Trump? Where's that news story where Trump is going, I'll say what you want about white supremacists. Sure. Yeah. What am I supposed to say about the white supremacists? And he has Biden and Wallace screaming conflicting things at him that he's supposed to say about white supremacists and Proud Boys and this and that. And he's trying to say what they're trying to say. And yeah, they managed to get a soundbite out of it. Good for them. But the idea that that whole exchange was somehow... Trump secretly giving marching orders. This is what I'm seeing on Twitter is that the blue wave people and on Twitter are saying that he was giving marching orders. It was a coded signal mm -hmm. to the Proud Boys. He's actually secretly in command of his army of Proud Boys. It's the most insane thing. Like they act like the Q thing is the scary conspiracy theory. They are way out in wacko land with Absolutely. This stuff. You cannot you cannot criticize 9/11 truthers or Obama birthers. If you're believing this wackiness and this is the problem is, of course, that this is this kind of conspiracy um, spreading and this kind of uh, dark propaganda is one of the reasons you have violence in the streets. You've sown this now. 
You've sown this discord into every day. And so no no wonder why. That, I, I was talking to Jerry Callion this morning. Apparently at Case Western University. That's where this thing was, right? I guess so. Whatever it was. The the now school. they're offering therapy now for the students today because it was so, so jarring. So dark and scary. Yeah, so jarring that the man was yelling suddenly. <laughs> It's like Jesus. You t- the mental health crisis is is produ- self produced, and these people are just uh, are are spreading it around. And you know what? I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to get upset. I thought that that debate last night was certainly a mess, but certainly an interesting spectacle. Can't wait for the next one. I can tell you that. Right? Unlike CNN, who absolutely does not there want there to be, be a next one. one. There's not. They already said one. that. It was funny because yeah. I was texting you after the debate, and I was like. They are so upset. They are so upset mm-hmm. right now. Just watch. They are going to turn right around and say, like, Biden shouldn't agree to any more debates. And, like, five minutes later, mm-hmm. they all started saying, I don't, it's going to be a big question if Biden it should do any more of these debates. I don't know if this is, this is not good for our democracy. The American people have lost out today. There should not be these debates anymore. I it's going to be all right. On. You know what, everybody? It's going to be all right. There's, there are or are not going to be debates. Who knows? Amy Coney Barrett will be elected to, or sorry, will be appointed, confirmed, confirmed to, to the Supreme Court. Everything's going to be okay. Don't let these uh, these alarmists get to you. You know that they're just there to make you nervous and scare you. The trains will run on time. Don't sweat it. And here comes the train that he tried to make sure didn't continue to run. No, that's the commuter. All right. That's what. But folks, look. And here comes the train. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.